So we're currently in a series, a four-part series, looking at stewardship, and the idea is that everything is God's, kind of, that the world is the Lord's and all that is in it. And our theme verse for the series, as was read to us earlier from Jackie, is Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, um, the world and all who live in it. And often when it comes to stewardship, we think about, well, how much do I have to to give. You know, what do I need to give in order to be found faithful as a good steward? Well, one of the things that we're learning through this series is that it's faithful stewardship is not about how much you can give to God. It is about understanding that everything is God's in the first place. And um, we need to be faithful stewards with everything that is his. Last Sunday, we spoke about money and possessions. Today, we are talking about time and energy. And we can always make more money and we can always gather more possessions. But when we consider time, we are actually talking about our most valuable resource because it is finite. Every single person only gets 24 hours, seven days a week. There's no discrimination when it comes to time. We are all on a very level playing field, if you like. Now, when we speak of energy, um, of course, there will be variable levels of energy that we all have. Uh, Notably, the three-year-old will have the most amount of energy, as Bron and I know too well. Um, But, you know, I want to acknowledge that there are many people who have different illnesses and chronic illnesses and, uh, and, and all kinds of health challenges that s- severely reduce their capacity uh, and their energy. And so, you know, there's, there are some of us who have lots and lots of energy and there are others of us who have very small amounts of energy. And really the question for each one of us is, well, how do we be faithful with whatever energy we have? We all have the same amount of time, but our energy levels are different. And so we need to be found faithful before God as his stewards. Then it's simply, a, in a sense, a personal you know, um, question between ourselves and God is, how am I using the energy and the time that I have to serve you, Lord? And so that's what we're exploring through this series, is what does it mean to be faithful stewards of all that God has given to us? So the reference that Tara read from us, from Ecclesiastes, um, the primary reason for that particular text is uh, Solomon is he's not having a good day <laughs> when he wrote this text. But we could say that when, he, um, he, when we speak of time and energy, we could say that Solomon is kind of summing that up. In the NIV, it uses the word toil and is examining, in a sense, all of the toil, all the time and energy that he has used. And he's kind of saying, you know, he's, he's, there's all of these questions to what end am I toiling for? And there's a recognition that throughout all of our life, there is a lot of time and a lot of energy that we are given and that we have the opportunity to use. The question is, for what purpose are we using it? For whose purpose are we using it? Where does all of the time and the energy that we have go? Um, And last week, when we spoke about money and possessions and 
just alluded to the fact that Dave and Kaz would be happy to help people with the CAP course learn some helpful budgeting skills to better manage their finances. And I gave some big sort of broad stroke parameters that might help us manage our money and keep a track of our money. And many of us have budgets, or at least perhaps once upon a time had a budget. And the budget enables us to see how much income we have coming in, how much expenditure we have going out. We kind of know what our limitations are and what our, what our freedoms and what our boundaries are. So often in life we keep a good track of our finances, but what about our time? Have you considered doing a time audit? Um, you know, examining all the time that you have and looking at where it's going. Am I making good, wise choices with the time that I have? Less often we keep an account or a track of uh, all that consumes our time. And it would be wise if we were to do that. A tool that I found very, very helpful several years ago, and this may not work for you, uh, but I've always been a bit of a timetable person. From as young as Brendan's age, I had a timetable in my bedroom that kind of mapped out how I would use my time. And that's kind of the way that I roll. Not everyone's like that, and it, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't always work, <laughs> especially with young children. It very often doesn't work, but it gives you a guide and it helps you identify what your priorities are. And I learned several years ago this idea of designing um, an, your ideal week. So we all get the same amount of time. If you, had, if you were in charge, if you were in control of your entire week and everything went to plan exactly how you would like it to, if you could do all the things that you wanted to do, what might that week look like? And actually just allow yourself to dream and to, to, to put in all of those things. And, uh, and, and you've got to have flexibility with this, of course, especially as when you've got young children and, and different seasons and stages of life. But at the very least, it, it gives you something to aim for. And it does force you to consider you know, all the time that you do actually have. Just like money, when we have money that has to go to the mortgage or to certain bills, we also have uh, varying amounts, but we all have discretionary money, money that we can choose to use for whatever. Well, it's the same with time. We all have discretionary time in our week, and the question is, how are we using that time? Are we using it wisely? Are we, are we investing it as stewards of God's and for his kingdom? Many times people will say, I just don't have t enough time. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to maybe taking on a, a new commitment or, you know, just in the busyness of life. We, we feel this sense of frustration, and I certainly had one of those weeks where I could, could have very easily used an extra day uh, or some extra hours in each day. And, and oftentimes we have weeks like that, don't we, where, you know, it kind of feels like, how on earth can I fit everything that I'm supposed to be doing right now into this finite period of time that I have? Here's a truth that we need to... We need to understand. We all have enough time. We all have enough time to do the things that God has called us to do. And Jackie highlighted this earlier for us, which was beautiful as well. So perhaps we're giving a lot of our time and energy to things that God hasn't actually called us to do. And as a result, we're feeling frustrated. We're not feeling fulfilled as people, as individuals, because we're not working to our sweet spot. And we're not giving ourselves to our highest priorities. One of the things I've learned recently is that congruence is where your highest values and priorities is being matched by your time. So these are the things that you really say you value and you prioritize. 
And when you actually put your time, when your time equals those things that are your highest priority, there's a great level of congruence, a great level of sort of over... over I, I'm, I'm living as an integrated whole person. Oftentimes, there's not congruence. We, we say, we, we know that these things are our priorities, but in fact, we're giving our time and energy to other things that are stealing and robbing us of investing in those things that we say and we know really are our priorities. Does that make sense? So, I invite you to maybe take the time to do a time and energy audit, just to, if you don't already have an idea as to where all of your time, even if you work on your discretionary time, you know, start by plotting in all of the things that have to happen. I've, I've got to be at work at this time or I've got these certain commitments, but what about those discretionary hours? How are you using those? I'm not going to focus much on this this morning, but I think in the context of talking about energy, it's really important to just kind of say, let's look after our bodies. We only get one. <laughs> and everything that we do for God is done in our bodies. And there's so much wisdom in caring for our bodies and paying attention to the health of our bodies so that we can serve God and give our best for him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, admittedly, in this context, in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul is actually speaking about sexual immorality. But when we're talking about energy and time, I think it's fair to say that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit and the way that we treat our bodies matters. And we're instructed to honour God with our bodies. And so the things that we do with our bodies honours God. And that whole idea there that our bodies don't actually belong to us, they, they belong to God. God firstly created us, but then God redeemed us. So all the more reason to treat our bodies well as a, as a way of honouring God. There is a lot of information available, which I don't need to go into, but I guess the way that I like to think of kind of managing your health is the trifecta of exercise, sleep, and diet. And, and oftentimes we might do really well at you know, maybe one or two of these areas, but neglect one or the other. The idea is to try and have all three um, you know, in balance and giving good, adequate attention to all three. We live in a day and age where there is so much information that abounds um, from health experts and the like that give us good guidelines that we can live within. And it's, I know it's hard. And as I mentioned at the very start, there's varying degrees of chronic illnesses that, that many people struggle with and, and health challenges. So I'm not in any sense seeking to be an expert here. And I know that for some of us, this, there'd, there'd be one of these or two of these areas that's really difficult. But I guess at the end of the day, the question is, we're only responsible for ourselves and we're only responsible before God. So there's a sense of just, before God, what, how can I be faithful with the body that you've given me in this particular season of my life? That might look different in different seasons. Um, but I encourage you, in the, in the context of talking about our time and our energy, to make looking after your body, which is in fact God's body, uh, make time for that and make it a priority and honour God. And then you'll actually be in a better position to serve him. Romans 12.1 speaks about our spiritual act of worship. 
It's a, a classic verse from the Apostle Paul. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. There's a real physicality here. It's not to offer your minds. It's not to offer your hearts or your spirits. It's to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So the question then comes, as those who have been called to be living sacrifices, what does it mean to offer all of our time and energy in service of God as faithful stewards? And I want to suggest three biblical principles that will help guide us in being faithful stewards with our time and our energy. The first one is to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 31, 33. So do not worry, saying, shall we eat or shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Notice that Jesus doesn't have a prerequisite, that this verse only applies to pastors or missionaries or those who are in paid you know, employment in the church or in some kind of mission organization. It's for everyone. And it'll look different for each person, but what Jesus is saying is that for those who follow Jesus, seeking the kingdom of God is to be our first priority. And that's going to look different, again, for, for each person. But what it means is that we seek to prioritize those things of the kingdom of God. We seek to be people who care. We seek to be people who are generous. We seek to be people of God's word and prayer and worship and mission and evangelism. And uh, these are the things that we prioritize in our lives. And I wonder... You know, last week we spoke about the first fruits, that tithing is not just giving God a portion or a 10%, but it is in fact giving him the first. The, the first thing that I do with what God has given to me is give back to him. And that, that demonstrates a heart condition that, every, that, that, that says, I understand and acknowledge that everything I have is from God's, and I'm, I'm going to give him my first fruits. What does it mean to give God the first fruits of our time and our energy, rather than it being an afterthought. Seeking the kingdom of God is to be our first thought. And so I encourage you as, you, as you think about doing a time audit, to take a look at that and say, does my life and do the habits that I've cultivated in my life demonstrate that seeking God first and seeking his kingdom is my highest priority? It's a challenge but it's something I encourage each one of us to engage in if we're to be faithful stewards. The second principle for us is to, whatever we do, to do it unto the Lord. We seek his kingdom first, and then in everything that we do, we do it unto the Lord. See in Genesis 2.15 that work was actually part of the created order. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So before sin even entered the world, uh, work was actually part of God's plan and design for humanity. 
So whatever we do as an occupation or whatever we do to work, we're to do it unto the Lord and we're to do it in a manner that brings glory and honor to his name. Oftentimes when we're thinking about seeking first the kingdom of God, we might think of things that we do outside of work, for example. We might think of our church or ministry involvement. But God actually wants to say, everything counts. In your occupation, be the best employee or the best employer, be the best worker that you can be unto the glory of God. Um, what you do in your time and in your occupation is, is no less meaningful or purposeful than, than what I or what people who are you know, in paid full-time ministry do. It can all be done to the glory and the purpose of God. And you can make a huge difference in your workplace by seeking to do everything unto the Lord. So we've talked about work, but then in Colossians 3.17, the Apostle Paul says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I like to think of this as kind of the details of our lives. Like in every little thing that you do, do it mindfully and purposefully unto the Lord. So we don't segment our life. We don't say, well, I'm, I'm going to give God this 10% here. That's the first fruits of my time. And, uh, and the 90% kind of belongs to me and I can do whatever I want. No, 100% of our time and energy belongs to God. And we're to be those who do everything unto him. And if there are things in our lives that we're doing that we think, I don't really think that's honoring to God, then maybe we're not being wise with our choices or with our habits or with our time. And so we invite the Holy Spirit to help us break those patterns or those habits. And we have the empowerment through his spirit to embrace new ones, new habits, new priorities that seek his kingdom and, uh, and steward our time well unto the Lord. And thirdly, we embrace rest and play. We embrace the idea of the Sabbath. And the whole purpose of the Sabbath, in a sense, is to remind us that God is our creator and that we are not. We are not God. God is God. The Exodus passage in 23.12 is grounded in creation. Six days, do your work, but on the seventh day, do not do your work so that your ox and your donkey may rest and so that the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. Uh, this text is grounded very much in creation, that God uh, worked for seven days and then rested. God didn't rest on the seventh day because he was totally exhausted and spent. He's God. He rested to set an example of work, a pattern, a rhythm, if you like, of work and of rest. And by entering into a 24-hour period of rest, we're actually demonstrating that we're not God. And we're taking seriously the biblical imperative to rest. Um, there's a passage in Deuteronomy that links the Sabbath to Egypt. Remember the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery in Egypt. And another reason why we rest is to remember that we are, we've been freed. We're not slaves anymore. We're gods. We've been bought at a price. And um, this, is a, this is a difficult thing to practice. I, I feel at this stage in our life, it's very hard to rest. But there aren't exclusions. And it's interesting, in, for a bit further on in Exodus, we read this, Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest, even during the plowing season and the harvest. So during the busiest times, 
when you are most likely not to rest, not to take some time out, that's when you need to do it. It's something that we need to cultivate in our lives. I read a great book on this several years ago by Mark Buchanan. And he had a principle that says, uh, the Sabbath is about ceasing from that which is necessary, ceasing from that which is necessary, and embracing that which gives life. I find that a really helpful way of kind of framing up what a Sabbath day might look like. It's, we know in the New Testament that Jesus teaches that um, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And we also know that in the New Testament there's, there's a whole lot of freedom around this. We don't sort of have all of the, the legal restrictions that there once were. But I think it still remains that having a period of rest and in so doing, enjoying the goodness of God enjoying things that give life and energy, taking a break from work, whatever work might look like in your stage and season of life, and just acknowledging that God is good and resting in his goodness. There's value for us in all seasons of life in doing that, and as part of being a faithful steward with the time that God has given us. It's a difficult thing to do, but it's something that God invites and even commands us to do. And we need to trust his wisdom on this one. It's hard and it's difficult, but God understands and he knows best. So if we're to be faithful stewards of our time and energy, if we want to be people who are offering our bodies as pure worship, as a living sacrifice, then we need to be people who prioritize the kingdom of God with our time, with our energy. We're to do everything as unto the Lord and we're to embrace, rest and play. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to look at your word and to consider what it teaches us about being faithful stewards with our time and energy. And Lord, this morning we absolutely recognize that we all equally have the same amount of time, but we all have very different levels and stages of health and energy. Father, I pray that we might each in our own way be found faithful before you in the way that we use our time to be people who seek first your kingdom, who do whatever we do unto you and embrace rest and play. Help us, Lord, regardless of where we're at with our health and with our energy, to seek you in your wisdom. And thank you, Lord, for all of the health experts um, and all the information that is available to us and the great medical services that we have here in Australia that we can utilise Um, to be as healthy as we possibly can. And pray that, Lord, as we seek to utilise those things, we might honour you with our bodies and be faithful servants for your kingdom and for your name's sake. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.